Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrewer and I'm here with Peter Coghill, Nick Hare and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing how we talk to our computers. Chris, how do you talk to your computer? Uh, well, obviously through a variety of, of mechanisms. I don't I don't use um, uh, any of the voice recognition services, but um, really our sort of interest in this came about following a, um, a disagreement uh, between myself and Peter um, in that I am not a very um, prolific user of keyboard shortcuts. I prefer to use uh, the mouse to do most of my functions, which... Um, Peter was very insistent about is a far super, uh, inferior way of um, of uh, inputting information into a, a, a computer, uh, and I got quite quite defensive about I like doing things uh, through a mouse, uh, even even if they take slightly longer. I like the overall utility of a mouse and just learning to use one one interface on its on its own. I think a, a mouse is a, a, a very effective tool. Um, I I sort of the problem with keyboard shortcuts is there are a lot of them to learn, whereas with a mouse, you simply need to learn how to click two, two buttons. So it, it may or may not be quicker to do it, as, as Peter says. Let's agree that it is quicker to do it the way he says, but it's still quicker isn't everything, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, I suppose I, I equate it, you know, ideally it would be great to speak every language known to humanity, but in the event where you turn up somewhere and you can't speak the language of uh, the place you are in, um, it is quite useful to point to things. And that, to me, is what a mouse does. It, it, points, it points to things. It's the equivalent of not being able to speak a language, uh, but wander around and say, I'd like one of those, please, and to, to point, point to it. OK, I can see Peter's itching to come in. But um, I actually don't use a mouse, and I have not for a long, long, long time, but I'll come on to that in a moment. Um, Peter, uh, all I, I'm saying, I, I, I presume. Uh, sorry, and Peter, I presume you agree with everything Chris just said. All I'm saying, Chris, is now that you've mastered the mouse, maybe it's time to branch out to, <laughs> to sort of I- improve your experience in using in using your your computer systems. No, so the, 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 it is interesting uh, picking up what the, the, the part the, the, around the aesthetic and the the uh, the the enjoyment of using your system. Lot there have been a number of studies into productivity so assuming the productivity is what you want in a computer interface you want to be more get more done with any given interface um there there, there, there's been an interesting finding i think came from apple a big study that apple did that um people who uh use a particular configuration of interface versus another particular configuration of interface those who those who felt they were more productive were often the people who were less productive so it was a, there was a difference between your perception of productivity and the feeling of getting stuff done um, versus the, the, the people who are using a more efficient interface to get more actual work done. Um, so it's an interesting sort of uh, uh, difference in perception there. Well, hold on. So let's narrow this down slightly. What shortcuts should Chris be using? Let's be specific. Well, there, there, are, there are a core set of shortcuts which are... Are we talking copy and paste? I mean... Yes, so copy and paste... Um, they they come from uh, what are called the human interface guidelines, and they I think the first set published was by IBM in the 1980s, uh, and uh, it was a, a set of 
common shortcuts that any piece of software that was to be used on an IBM PC should uh, attempt to use so that there was a commonality between um, between uh, between software. Uh, other systems like Apple have their own, Android have their own, but Apple and IBM is great crossover. And they're, given that they're the biggest biggest portion of the market, uh, if you learn the core set, the com the control V, control C, etc., then you're going to be sweet for any system that you, most systems that you ever come across. So they are definitely worth learning. So Chris, do you use uh, copy and paste? Do you use the shortcuts? Uh, I do, and uh, I, I I do use some, but obviously there are there are a lot of them and i suppose my and i accept a, like a keyboard is obviously very useful if you want to 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 write a a thousand page document uh i wouldn't want to do that by having to point to every every letter along the way um so i accept a keyboard d definitely has its has its uses um i suppose it's uh you, you know to me a mouse is more is more tactile uh, and a keyboard um is is more a about writing really and i yeah, yeah. Um, okay i mean just saying like, i don't use a mouse i haven't for years that's because i use a trackpad i don't know if you're familiar with trackpads but i use that all the time um and i'm a bit unsure now if ever i have to use a mouse for some reason but um actually this happens a lot in in my field of work with editing of films where um really good editors know the shortcuts and and for, if you can imagine editing on a timeline, editing a film, there's all sorts of shortcuts you can apply. I know a few, but not really that many. And it actually, it makes a big difference between a good editor and a bad editor, or certainly a fast editor and a slow editor of, of what shortcuts they know. But I guess one of the things that you said, I think you said something about the, um, I think the cost, let's say, of learning uh, what all the different systems and ways there are is is certainly for maybe for you but certainly for someone like me just i just can't be bothered to learn all the stuff even in my, though it might stand me in good stead and i find that with um in excel spreadsheets when you cre you can create um actually not just in excel spreadsheets but with your computer what do you call it when your com computer can record a series of steps as it were you can macro macros um doing macros i just they're, they're kind of slightly beyond me and i just can't be bothered sort of learning you know all that kind of stuff but i don't want to go down a rabbit hole on this mm -hmm. one Nick, well, yeah, I, well, I've I've kind of come at this from a kind of, from a bit of an information theory angle. Um, I'm I'm interested in the uh, sort of what what is the theoretical basis for which we should be deciding or thinking about which sort of input we should be using and what's what it, what is fastest in inverted commas. Um, we can measure uh, the so what we were interested in is how much information can I send to the computer per second, say. You know, using a mouse versus using a keyboard, um, and I've looked at. Uh, there's actually two two separate things we need to look at here, which are um, first of all, if we are trying to communicate in a form which humans have evolved for interhuman communication, by which I mean, of course, language, written and spoken language, versus a kind of theoretical situation where uh, where we um, can be using specialized input so control c and control v are not words right they're physical actions that correspond to copy and paste if i had to say copy and paste to copy and paste obviously that would be slower so there's two different things here firstly if we want to be typing text for example uh, versus if we want to be using like a, a an, an input um approach that was optimized so th thinking about writing english so if i'm if i'm speaking or writing english so i'm using the english language 
it's got a it's got an information content of about two and a half bits per letter so bit is a is a measure of information content which is very useful kind of uh, one bit corresponds to reducing 50 percent of the possibilities so so i if i um uh if i have a choice of two buttons to press and i press one of them that's one bit of information but on a keyboard i've got you know let's say 60 buttons or or thereabouts in which case uh that's that's sort of closer to five five bits of information um so so that's a way of measuring information throughput now in in written english um it's it's like there's a lot of latency and redundancy in written english so when you're typing words you know classic example be if you type a q nearly always there's going to be a u coming afterwards so that u isn't really adding very much on average english is about two and a half bits per letter so um if if you assume someone is able to type about 200 characters a minute that's about 500 bits per minute so using a keyboard with english 500 bits a minute um, spoken english is about 100 to 150 words a minute which which actually is about three times faster than the typical writing speed so if you're trying to issue a command in english or, or write some text in english it's far it will be faster to use your voice and then i was interested in actions what about the kind of uh you know looking at the kind of minority report waving hands around well it turns out that um american sign language is uh it was almost exactly the same speed actually as 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 spoken in okay. english um uh, apparently because the sign is slower to make the signs but there's much, there's less redundancy uh, so there's less there's there's less sort of okay. in, ins and ofs and ands and other yeah. bits of words uh, you know sounds that we don't need. Um, so that's the, that's the case with English. So we're looking at you know somewhere between sort of 500 on a keyboard uh, up to up to let's say 1800 if we were speaking. And that, obviously you can't use a mouse to speak English, but you're looking at clicking things on a menu, for example. But if we could get do away with English and we are just trying to communicate with the computer as fast as possible. Um, in, I, I I reckon uh, that you could get about six bits per keystroke on a keyboard. Um, so I think about 1,200 bits a minute uh, at typing speed. Whereas with mouse buttons, in theory, you could uh, press one of the two buttons, I think, about 10 times a second uh, and get up to about six 6,000 bits a minute. You could communicate in theory, right? So this is if you, if you were... So imagine having to pick a letter... By, by choosing first, is it A to um, M or is it N to Z? And then, you know, you further subdivide those. Imagine that kind of way of choosing a letter. It's probably a bit like what Stephen, Stephen Hawking uses. Um, uh, whereas it, with a mouse pointer, uh, obviously, like in theory, you could have zillions of choices, but actually it's slower to find them if you have lots of choices. Um, but actually all of that is kind of irrelevant because actually the key constraint is the speed at which we can think. Right. That's actually the thing. Um, and uh, there aren't any conclusive studies about this, but I saw one reasonably plausible looking study which had measured it around about 60 bits per second, which which uh, is basically slower than you could theoretically do uh, with with a sort of optimized keyboard or mouse. So, um, yeah. So the, the point is that that basically yep. using English, uh, the interface devices that we have using English are not as fast as speaking or and are slower than thinking so we speak we type in english slower than we think but actually optimized optimized to communicating it's it's a it can actually be faster than we think okay i don't know if so, we want so uh, yeah sorry yeah no nick sorry finish off what you're gonna say sorry yeah, um no that that's it really so basically what i'm saying is that we don't need to design another interface we have the interface we need to be able to operate fa faster than we than we than we can think 
but uh, it's about learning to use it. But when you say we have the interface, do you mean speaking? Yeah, we don't. Well, what I'm saying it no, no. Key, a keyboard. A imagine keyboard. an idealized keyboard. An idealized an ide- keyboard. So, so in other words, things like keyboard shortcuts, where we're able to communicate the most information as we can with the fewest keystrokes about what we want to do. We already have the tools to do that faster than we can think. So, so I, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that the, actually it doesn't really matter. Chris, um, I was just wondering about the sort of um, the efficiency of information transfer and why I think uh, a mouse might be superior. So, for example, if you simply want to communicate, um, I'd like to open uh, this particular um, piece of software, you could you could write that down and there would be the transfer of the information related to that, or you could point and click at it. Uh, so you're, you're transferring the same information, but one requires more information almost to be transferred than than the simple visual no 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 in theory because if you imagine i'm gonna i'm gonna describe a hypothetical interface where you um you when you press the left button it selects the left half of the screen then when you press up uh it selects the top half of that half and then when you press left it selects the left half of that and you know so you could imagine zeroing very quickly on a on a on an area of the screen that would be uh, well, I, 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 that would actually be. A, I think that would be about the same as, as using a mouse if you taught yourself to use it. But the thing is that the mouse is so intuitive. We we are not going to bother learning an and interface it, like and that. It, and, it, and the reason, the, I think, the reason why the mouse feels quicker when information is displayed in a certain way is because the information is displayed that way. So if your information yeah. is split displayed in a spatial dimension in front of you, then it kind of makes sense to gesture in some way to the thing you want. Uh, whereas if it, if if you're using a command line and you're trying to act, uh, access a particular file that might be presented in alphabetical order, then it's much quicker to rather than scroll up or down or gesture to start typing the thing you're looking for, uh, and it will and it, it helps zero in on what it is based on what. what and and this is why I think you know this this points to the um, success of the touch screen. I think is that that intuition and that ability to actually physically move you know rather than manipulate a mouse to move your finger which you're you know well trained to do uh to the to the thing you're interested in but it's massively less efficient than a mouse touch screens are actually i i and again i just sort of through working it out i think you can do far less because you've got it's a much bigger space so you can't point to as many things and it's still no actually slower to to point to different things than it with your finger than it is to use a mouse which can get across the screen in a fraction of the time than well, you so the, hold um, on but the, given the success uh, of of uh well, it's because you, there isn't a peripheral you you can't you can't carry a mouse with you so i mean it's the best you can do given that what you've got is a little phone what i'm what i'm saying is that if you were optimizing it if you wouldn't you would not use your touch screen on your pc mm. if you had a keyboard and a mouse right now yeah, yeah. now and it just it just is it it's definitely worse than a than a mouse and a keyboard um and uh, yeah, so I, uh, I, for, I, for, I for 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 those kind of interactions. But as soon as you're yeah. doing, as soon as you're drawing, uh, you, you you could using a graphics tablet and a light pen, then then it, that is far superior to a mouse because it's a different sort of input. You're, yeah, you're looking for precision uh, with a precision. Mm. And also, if you're lying on a sofa eating pizza, you know, you don't want to be messing around with a mouse, right? So right. it depends on the situation. 
well, sort of. But I mean, I was thinking about if you actually want to try and communicate with your computer as quickly as possible. Well, and if you're eating a pizza, you're not doing it. Put the pizza down. <laughs> so, but this is but this is where, you know, as I often say, this is where I, I've learned from from Aleph. Um, it depends what your aims are. So if your aims are um, efficient, think- uh, sorry, if your aims are the quickest communication yeah. with your with your interface, uh, with your device, then yes, perhaps uh, what, what I can't remember what we so agreed. So, but, so, so but, Nick's but, talking about the theoretical maximum, whereas the maximum in any given circumstance will be different, based on what the information is, what how it's laid out, and what it is, you know your your immediate circumstance. But but I think there is an interesting um, sort of tension between potentially between what is m- most efficient and what is um what creates the the greatest cognitive burden but also the the training the training around that uh, and so i like intuitive th- things that you can pick up and use with almost no training and which feel you feel comfortable doing i'm i'm not sure what's happening there but the but but that to me is good good design they've designed it around what i can already do and what doesn't seem to tire me um and whereas some some mechanisms i accept they would be quicker but there would be a training burden to do that and they feel sort of fiddly you know using my the the little finger on my left hand is not something i'm terribly terribly yeah, good you're, at you're having it's that's like sort of trying to tra- i mean you've got to train yourself a piano is fairly fairly intuitive but you still have to you know put in a bit of work to make sure that all your fingers are able to press the keys at the same um with the same yeah. weight and so on but uh, no i mean i think the for me the interesting thing about when i worked it out was that actually it corresponded with my intuition which is that when i have a keyboard and a mouse in front of a computer and i'm using the right hotkeys because i'm editing a document or something um I don't notice the interface at all. Things happen. I think I want to do that and it just happens. And it turns out my hand is doing it, but I, I'm not really aware of that. Whereas when when I'm using voice commands, which I hate hate doing, or, I'm, or I've got to use a touch screen, I'm aware of the interface and I'm aware of it slowing me down. So, you know, I was quite, that's, that's something I hadn't really considered. But actually, if you're aware of the interface at all, it shows that it is not going as fast as you're thinking. Whereas if you're not aware of it, then it shows that actually you, you, there's no point in trying to improve that because you're the constraint now. Okay. So um, I want to wrap up fairly quickly. So can we move towards some sort of conclusion of this? So, I mean, we floated this well, as a. I think that one of the things that's going to uh, affect how far towards this theoretical maximum you get is, as we've discussed, the layout of the information, how it's presented. Um, but the, the 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 keyboard and the mouse are fundamentally pretty different things. There's one with loads of buttons that doesn't move. There's one that moves that has got a num- small number of buttons. And they they are targeting very different parts of the information space, uh, different possibilities of the way the information space is laid out. So the mouse is inherently sp- spatial. It's for navigating two dimensions, whereas a keyboard is inherently sequential because you can't press... Uh, you can't press something after you've pressed the first thing. When you press something, it always happens after the previous press. So it's good for language, so it's good for letters because they they come in a sequence, whereas the mouse is much more spatial. Now, it's hard, hard, I think, to imagine something that kind of combines both. You've got these two necessary maxima in this this, um, thing, but... Any, uh, try to imagine an interface that does kind of both, a, a, like a mouse with loads of buttons on it or a keyboard that moves around. It's going to be difficult to try to combine it. There are almost two different modes which you have to flip between when you're using the computer, one which is sort of spatial and one which is sequential. 
Well, I don't know. Uh, well, I know, I know what you mean, uh, but it doesn't feel like that to me. And I feel like I could probably retrain myself. And I mean, you know, the classic sort of gamer setup of having a mouse to move your head around and WASD to move your body around. It feels ex- completely intuitive. I mean, it, it it doesn't feel like I'm having to think about, you know, switch code switch between different types of uh, activity. It's just my brain has learned that's how I make something happen on screen. So I've got some um, the proof, I think, that we could probably use any interface. And, and it's the, inter, you know, it's not actually you know keyboard for letters necessarily mouse for pointing it could be if we could retrain ourselves do it the other way around if we wanted um is uh, a guy i discovered called benjamin Gwynn who uh played a game called dark souls and completed it and he's in the guinness book of records for having completed it with the most uh with the most different uh, types of interface apparently he's the things that he's used to complete this game have have included a a rock band guitar peripheral which is basically a kind of guitar shaped um, game controller uh, a drum kit, um, a keyboard a a bongo drum a microphone so he's just done it with voice control, uh, a dance mat a steering wheel and an Xbox 360 pad where he only used one finger. So you know the, the thing is that that he can complete a computer game that presumably halfway through you know after a bit of lead in time he's not he's stopped thinking about what interface he's using and he's just looking at the screen and it's happening because his body has learned to associate those things with the with the actions he's taking but, but the, he has devoted quite a lot of his life to doing that well it, hats it, off to him it, well exactly and this is the Chris sort of preempted the point I was going to make there well what's, what's this guy doing has he got a life beyond doing this and the point is he's got the time to learn. Oh. Are these. you in the Guinness Book of World Records? <laughs> and if so, what for? Most yeah. number of Aleph Insights podcasts. <laughs> now, the, the, um, no, but I think there's something... This is the final point. Final point. On the optimization of interfaces. So apart from the your standard regional keyboard, there are lots of alternatives. And given that the QWERTY keyboard in English was designed to reduce the rate of typing and to prevent key clashes, so it's inherently designed to be inefficient... There are lots of alternatives being proposed, and the Dvorak keyboard is a good example that's been optimised to make it quicker to type on something. What's a Dvorak keyboard? It's a it's a just a keyboard layout. It has all the same characters, but in a different different, in a different order. In a different order. So whereas um, T and H, you have to use two different hands. This is the, they are next to each other, so you can very quickly do a T and H, um, and other other things like that. So. Um, I wonder, and finish with a with a question. Um, if though for in those languages which are sort of late to the computer game, so uh, that, are, that have been rather than the last fifty years or hundred years, but in the last twenty or thirty years, been laying down their keyboard layout to suit their language, will they have an inherent advantage over the English speakers who have been locked into the QWERTY keyboard since eighteen seventy three, because they can more quickly encode their language than 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 the English speakers can. And on that note, we're going to wrap up. Okay, so um, we'll wrap up there. Um, thank you very much, gentlemen. I enjoyed that. As always, you've been listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Peter Coghill, Chris Rag, and Nick Hare. Thank you very much. And until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>